Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another Games of Love podcast. Remember, if you're enjoying the content, then please hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, leave us any questions in the comments below. But on this week's episode, we've got a very, very special guest. It's former top 50 ATP player coming all the way from Ukraine. It's Ilya Marchenko. Uh, super pleasure to have you on the Game to Love podcast, Ilya. Uh, yeah, how has everything and life been for you in quarantine? Well, it's uh, tough times, of course. Uh, uh, we had to stop our last tournament. I was competing and uh, we got a message from ATP that we had to stop uh, the tournament, which was uh, a bit uh, disappointing and was like second time for me. Uh, I had the same issue in Bergamo. Yeah, I had to play final and they canceled the final. Well, uh, since then I'm in Bratislava and uh, we couldn't practice for a couple of weeks. But I always could. I always could uh, run a bit outside. Uh, we can run outside just wearing a mask. And uh, right now it's uh, possible to practice even on tennis court. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned the Bergamo tournament because me and Ben, we was watching that like quite a bit. Like, we was enjoying that as a good tournament. You was in some brilliant form. And you got to the yeah, final, yeah. right, against uh, another good player, Enzo Cocard, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. I was backing you to win that one, man. I was. I thought, yeah, I think he's got this. Well, I would say it's, yeah, it's a shame because uh, like on the paper, both of us lost, obviously, because we get the points and the uh, prize money for the, for the for the loser of the final. Yeah, uh, I believe I had uh, better chances to win because uh, I haven't lose a final for a long time and I had many, many finals already, wins. And for him, it's maybe it's a bit different, different story, but I mean, you never know. And yeah, it's, uh, I was in pretty good, good form before this uh, thing happened. Yeah, you took another title, didn't you, back in October, which was over in Kazakhstan as well. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, some really good form. 
I think that you would have taken him out, to be honest. I know that he was... A very... <laughs> I, was really, I, was really, I was really tired, so uh, I had really uh, crazy match one day before. The guy was uh, making drop shots like every, every, every game for sure. I think twice minimum. Wow. And uh, it was a lot of running. I was cramping at the end. And uh, uh, at my age, it's very difficult to recover. <laughs> ah, you're still young. You've still got you're so many years <laughs> yeah, left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, definitely. I was uh, wanting to check on... Uh, obviously, there's not too many Ukrainian tennis players out there that are household names. I think you're probably the biggest one that comes to mind. Uh, I know there's Sir Guy Stakovsky, like in, 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 in the, in the current like, uh, climate, well, who's playing at the moment, I mean. So, yeah, Stako is still higher than me anyway. Yeah, only just, only a little bit. <laughs> I, I think 50 positions or something. I, nah, I'm that's not you. sure about. In the form you're yeah, in, you could have made that. Recently, <laughs> I, had, I had better results, but I mean, he was always number one in our team. Yeah, I wanted to uh, check in the Ukraine, uh, what sort of uh, like youth systems and stuff like that do they have going on? Is it quite uh, Is it quite low on the key of priorities for sports in Ukraine or is it it seems like Russia definitely have it right at the moment in terms of there's so many young players in Russia coming through <laughs> well uh, Russia is a bigger country it's a tough thing and the uh, second team is uh, the players they have right now they they were not actually raised uh, in Russia they were not practicing much in Russia so I mean they were practicing abroad so I think that it was that is a key reason why they have so many players right now. And apart from that, I mean, I I cannot say more about Russia because I don't know. But in Ukraine, it's, the sport is really it's really tough right now. We we are in crisis all the time. We have this war going on in the East, uh, and uh, yeah, the people people have uh, much more different uh, problems. And uh, sport is, uh, yeah, it's not a priority in any in any case. And uh, uh, it takes a lot of money, and which uh, Ukrainian people don't have. Yeah, it's a shame because I feel like sport is one of the things. What for any crisis, well, you should have sport because it helps everyone. Yeah, but we have we have a lot of uh, female players in tennis, oh, yeah, yeah, which sure, is, yeah, uh, yeah we, we are one of the strongest nations uh, out there in female tennis, and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the reason why we have so many, <laughs> but uh, yeah, women tennis uh, need the less invest investment. That's what I think, and uh, the outcome, uh, the results come in earlier than in men tennis. Uh, so uh, sponsors don't don't need that much uh, patience. I would say. Mm. You mentioned earlier, this is about yourself now, you mentioned earlier that in finals, you never lose finals. You're the guy in a no, fight, you fancy yourself. Obviously, every no, now and then you can not, win. It's not true. It's not true. A couple last years, I was winning a lot of finals. And before, I was losing a lot of finals. So probably experience uh, was the key. And uh, right now, I feel more confident when I'm playing final and I know better what to do, probably. But you're making yeah, the finals, uh, and that's the key. I think, uh, I think yeah, we've experienced yeah, so key, though. I was losing really a lot of finals uh, when I was younger, and uh, I won like maybe two finals from nine or something. And uh, yeah, and since I, I think four or five years, it, it's changed. And uh, yeah, now I'm 
winning all the finals they play. <laughs> <laughs> no. What would you say from a mental aspect? Like, what is the key to when you approach a final? Do you approach a final to the same way you would approach any other match, or do you feel like you visualize it differently in your head? Like, are you thinking? Do you trying to adapt your game? Do you play the same game? What's one of the key well, advice you well, can I'm give try, to someone? Uh, I'm I'm that kind of player. I'm trying to adapt my game. Every match I play uh, differently depends on the uh, opponent uh, to use my strategies and tactics. Uh, but uh, probably I uh, feel more calm right, right now about finals because I've played so many and uh, I know nothing's going to happen if I'm going to lose it. It's not going to change anything. I mean, yeah, it's a point difference, but uh, the only thing you can do just fight till the end, trying to find uh, the keys to, to win the match and that's it. And uh, uh, of course, I feel much less stress than before about playing a final because uh yeah i won five or six i don't remember how many right now but yeah i won a couple and uh, i know how to do it so i'm pretty confident about my game and that i can do it that's it yeah from your game one thing i love is the backhand man the backhand's always firing uh, it's so strong. It's more actually. It's, it's almost stable stable part of my game i was gonna say uh well i was watching one of your old matches just in preparation and just the match against Rafael Nadal in uh, Doha in 2016. Yeah, and one of the famous ones. <laughs> oh, that, your, your inside-out forehand that you were hitting like just over the net and just getting those like crafty angles on it, oh, that, was, that, that was the best shot, I think, of the match. You kept on picking that one out. I don't know. How, what, was that, what was that match like? It must have been uh, incredible. Well... I was in really good good form uh, that year in that tournament, and uh, yeah, I mean that match wasn't actually like very good from from my perspective. Uh, I made too many mistakes, and actually I've kind of lost that match uh, instead of Rafa winning it. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he played th- that slow, but it might uh, be that it was his tactics because uh-huh. against me it's actually a good thing to play slower higher and uh, with his forehand he was spinning out uh, me outside of the court and uh, yeah i mean he had that match under control mate uh, some what everyone wants to know is when you're looking the other side of the net and you've got rafael nadal how scary is it is it like are you scared on the court or are you just uh, someone that's, who's that's just a, one, a warrior i was surprised that's why I'm saying I was surprised he played that slow, but I mean, it wasn't his best year, obviously, as well. But, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was actually expecting much more uh, from that forehand, but he was spinning it uh, really high. And uh, yeah, lefty. Lefty was, was tough to adapt. And uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those matches I. I was a bit uh, hectic, and uh, that's why I made so many mistakes. And, I've heard yeah, that. Well, sorry. I uh, don't know. I don't know if it was. Uh, yeah, it was different level. I've heard from some other people saying just uh, recently that Rafa Rafa sort of tries the mind games before you even got on the court. And he's doing all this like sprinting and sprinting left and right. Do you ever like take any notice of him doing this? Does this ever. No, actually, this, this <laughs> doesn't really bother me. I, I think a lot of players uh, do stuff. It's more like about that, the name that it's that it's Rafa, and uh, I mean, 
he doesn't need to go into your head uh, his name already did so yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah so it's uh, well I that, don't was, know, it's, that was just one of many well that that whole year in 2016 was quite an incredible one for you i know that you've had a really amazing run of form leading up to the u.s open where you had picked up a couple of well you won one challenger over in Recanti and then you got to the final of another one which is where it's in Spain Segovia yeah Segovia yeah and uh yeah beating some great people there Martin Fuskovic Ila Ravajka uh yeah yeah I've been Fuskovic many many times uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a very well an incredible player as well so what a great scalp to have on uh yeah we're big fans of Martin we love his game like we watch a lot of him yeah um, I played him Davis Cup uh, a couple of months ago on, on clay court he completely destroyed he's so athletic he's so athletic isn't he well, he was doing all the right things. If I didn't have any chances. Oh, okay. Fair and uh, yeah, but actually that year it was uh, I think it was ten loses in a row or something. Okay. Uh, and after that, I won that Recon uh, Challenger and yeah. Segovia. So I had like ten loses in a row and then like <laughs> nine wins in a row. Or yeah. Or ten wins in a row, including Davis Cup. Or no, no, nine weeks because I was, um, yeah. So it was like roller coaster, and uh, yeah, after that uh, good run in Doha, I lost uh, first round in Australia Open uh, against uh, uh, local wildcard. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, and then I was after Segovia, I I went to Olympic Games. Uh, I lost there, and uh, after that I got sick. I was coming to US Open after after sickness. So yeah. I was not expecting a really good result there. And uh, and I was really, really uh, uh, happy that I had to play only uh, like evening matches. Wow, because perfect. it's very humid. It's yeah. very difficult for me with I humidity. But, but it was not that hot during the, the evening sessions. And uh, yeah, it helped me, uh, helped me a bit. You had some great wins there, though. You beat a Dod... Was it Dodig? I don't know if that's the connect. Yeah, it was Nordic, Jumpur, uh, Kyrgios, and I lost to Wawrinka. Kyrgios as well, good, that's a big wow. name. And it's then, so incredible just hearing all of this, all these names well, of like, people you play with. He retired during the match, but uh, uh, yeah, but I was leading. Hip, hip, in, hip injury or something I read, but uh, I don't know. Was he just uh, losing and just uh, gave up because he knew you were going to beat <laughs> well, him? <laughs> well, uh, he, well, he probably had some issues, so I'm not going to yeah. say that in the video, but... Uh, <laughs> During the game, it was one uh, amazing rally. You probably saw it on YouTube. On uh, I'll check it out it, for sure. Yeah, it coming coming all the time. Uh, I, it was unbelievable rally, and I I thought I'd done everything. And uh, the last shot, he jumps, like he dives on a drop shot and makes oh, like drop. Yeah, shot. I have seen yeah. this. I have seen this. Yeah, yeah for sure, you have seen it because yeah. It's, it's, unbelievable yeah and actually since that point the game turned around so he won that point but uh he gave everything he had and yeah. uh, i won that game i broke him <laughs> and yeah this was a turning point that's it's, it's funny that he won actually that point i was i was oh, thinking nice. the next round you're up against stan vavrinka the eventual yeah. winner of the whole tournament uh and yeah and he he was uh down uh, you you were 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Almost lost five, to Evans. I was five, really uh, disappointed that he. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could have. Evans but, could beat me easily, but it's still better draw. <laughs> but, but in that match against Barvrinka, though, in the uh, third set was incredible. Like, you were uh, 5-3 down in the third set, and then you came back and won the third set. Yeah, somehow, so, somehow. I've, yeah. I've, I've stolen it. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. In the fourth set, uh, during the changeover, I had in my mind, like, okay, I feel like, I'm better during the rallies right now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push harder. I'm gonna win it. Since then, uh, since, since this uh, thought, I haven't won uh, a game. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it was not correct. It looks like you were really forcing him to like make a lot of errors on his forehand, though. He was just, uh, he was hitting a lot long, and he was hitting them wide and stuff. But well. That's what I do. I make. That's the Marchenko effect, Ben. Come on, this guy does that. I'm just running, fighting, and uh, if people want to make a winner, they need to play closer to the lines. And, exactly. Yeah, and in the and in theory, he beat Djokovic in the final in four sets as well. So you did as well as Djokovic against uh, Vavrinka. Well, so. we, if 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 we take this approach, uh, yeah. I'm better than anyone <laughs> in this world <laughs> because at some point someone beat someone, and it's. Uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, yeah, tennis, I, tennis I, I, maths. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I beat Kyrgios, Kyrgios beat Nadal, and uh, I mean, Nadal go. beat Federer, Djokovic, everyone. Nah, tennis is always like that. It's up in the air, like yeah, anyone yeah. beat you in tennis. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot compare. <laughs> but what I want to ask you, why we've got you, because you're so experienced in the world of tennis, you've been around for a while, you've played so many different tournaments. I want to know about the whole booking of like different events and tournaments. Like, How does it actually work from a... Because from a fan's perspective, I find it a bit confusing sometimes. Obviously, it's not just done on rankings. Like, if there's a challenge or event coming up, how does it work in you booking that tournament to play? What do you mean, uh, book? Like enter, yeah. sorry, enter the tournament. Yeah, we have player zone and we enter through player zone. That's it. Okay. If, if okay. you get in, we have lists and we, we can see if you get in or not. Uh, that's it. How oh, okay, it's very simple. Every, everything, everything is online right now, so it's mm. easy. How, okay. how easy is it? Yeah, so, even, 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 even with AT- ITF, it's kind of same, but a bit more complicated. But yeah, yeah. Let's say that uh, if, if you were to go out in the first round or something, how easy is it for you to book like an another tournament straight away? Just because well, might... uh, for, for for the challenges, you have to enter three weeks before. Okay. For ATP events, it's six weeks before or five weeks. I think six weeks. Uh, so yeah, you, you have uh, the tournament schedule normally in advance, but sometimes you know, like if you're one or two or like five out and you are not sure you're gonna get get in, well, you just hope you get in, or you decide maybe play quality somewhere else. Or I mean, it's like yeah. Like how often does it get full up where you you really want to enter a tournament but you're unable to because it's already been taken up by other players? Well, every, everyone can enter. It's just by okay. ranking who who gets in. Okay, I got you. I mean, we have okay. we have deadline like uh, I think it's uh, what is Monday six p.m. and uh, everyone can enter, okay. and then the list by ranking. That's it. Okay, got you. Perfect. That's what I thought. I thought it was like that. I thought it was maybe more complicated because from no, our perspective, no, we never really see that. If we have like five five challengers in the same week, you can put priorities. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you're not gonna, if you're not getting into your first priority, you get into second one and you stay there. And yeah, same, same if you're not getting for 
first, second, third, you get into a pitch, so, for example, and yeah, you see okay. that. Yeah, but okay, cool. so, and they try to avoid a lot of like costs and mm. yeah, but so um, and what's one of your favorite sort of tournaments? I notice a lot of the time you like the hard court, so you play a lot on hard courts. But yeah. do you have a specific place you love going? Like one of your Australia, favorites? Australia is, Australia is great. Australian Open is a great tournament. Uh, it's better and better every every year. And uh, yeah, I missed it last couple couple of years, and uh, I'm really hoping I'm gonna get in next year. 2021, mate. When tennis all comes back, you'll be there, maybe playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I have ranking. If it's gonna be frozen till till January, <laughs> I'm gonna get in. <laughs> well, actually, with, with my ranking, I was uh, kind of safe to get into uh, to three Grand Slams playing qualities this year. So yeah, yeah. I was and even if that Bogum, if they let you win that one as well, maybe you might push just in in uh, in the top two. Yeah, yeah well. even further, even further. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, we we recently had uh, Noah Rubin. He uh, came on and he was talking about he obviously does behind the racket and a lot of stuff yeah. for players with mental health and stuff like that. He said he had some real dark days in tennis. I just wondered, like, have you had any like similar experiences of your in your career? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, depressions. I mean, after losing, uh, you want to stop. You want to, uh, I don't know. It's kind of tough times, but uh, personally, me, I got used to it. And uh, uh, right now, I'm uh, feeling much better after after even tough loss, losses. And uh, I lost last year from uh, I think six two five one in Wimbledon qualities against uh, Balash. I mean, losing and had too much points, and uh, losing that match uh, at that tournament, it's. Uh, Kind of tough, but uh, I mean, right now I'm much more calm about it, and uh, I know what to do next. And uh, it's not about forgetting uh, this match, but it's more about like learning something from it, so it's not gonna happen again. And yeah, but at the beginning it's, of career, it's kind of tough because you have to you have to get used to losing like almost every week. And uh, yeah, thinking about money all the time, how to save, save for I don't know. It's I had sponsorship, so I was kind of lucky about it. But still, I mean, so many things you have to control, even uh, like flights, uh, hotels, and everything. And uh, for me, it was uh, big amounts of money. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of stress on top of your tennis matches. <laughs> of course. Before we talk about like the money in tennis, because that's definitely an issue. Me and Ben we've been talking about on different podcasts, like the distribution of prize money and stuff like that. I just want to touch on that Attila Balas match against yourself because me and Ben did watch it because we're actually big fans of yourself and Attila. Like we we always talk about Attila on this podcast. Like he's a bit of a name. I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't asking if you were going to be a fan. But that match must have been very hard to take, right? That's one of the the, the lowest points for you. Yeah, he beat me afterwards in Davis Cup uh, as well, and uh, from set point uh, second set. So it yeah, it looked like it looked like you had the match the whole time runner. as well. I mean, uh, I haven't beat him so. <laughs> 
No, fair enough. Maybe we'll move away from that one then. But onto the prize money. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. We can. Now, because we love Attila as well. That's all. I feel like we have to mention it on the podcast, don't we, Ben? Yeah, definitely. He's just one of those uh, players that's sort of been rising through the ranks, and we just sort of been keeping an eye on him. And then he just started to just have a good spell in the last couple of years. So yeah, we just was keeping a very keen eye on him, and just he seems to have a like a big barrage of fans that go everywhere with him that are always cheering him on which is really strange but i don't know i think it's his brother <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he makes a lot of noise yeah, yeah there's a lot of noise a lot of noise we yeah, hear it on he the makes street a lot of noise <laughs> very noise, noisy family that's that's always good to have in the in the stands well actually i'm not sure it's, if he's his brother or if he's just coach I, i'm not sure yeah, um, we're not sure either. We just no. hear it on the background. We're not sure. Yeah, um, on that to a prize money thing, I, I, recently you've seen that like, the Players Fund, ATP are putting a sort of a pool together of money to sort of distribute to the lower ranked players. Obviously, players in the in the top, I think it's 100, top 150, are giving away some money as well to uh, like lower ranked players. Like, What's your whole stance on it? I don't know. My personal thinking that we uh shouldn't get like money from uh from players like top, top 100 players okay but we uh should get enough before yeah so we don't have this situation because okay. i think uh, that uh money distribution is not fair in tennis yeah and uh i think we are getting not enough money from the tournaments as well I completely agree. I think that you worded it perfectly as well. It's not necessarily players should be given other players. I think the whole no, I don't, structure I don't, I mean, of the, the project... guys who are there, they deserve the money. They earned every penny. They, yeah. I mean, I remember being told top 100 and uh, if somebody would come and say, uh, you have to give like, I don't know, 5,000 to to support the, the other guys. But like, uh, I mean, it's like, I've been not many years in top 100. I've, I mean, yeah. I was many years in minus playing tennis so why should i share right now i mean grand slams sharing i i can understand because they're making a lot of from us and uh, not sharing with price money enough what i think and uh, yeah but taking some money from players uh, it's like it's almost like charity thing but tennis players are not charity i mean mm. we should get pays better and uh, yeah i think we shouldn't have even such situation i mean football players the top football players are not supporting their uh, lower uh, like ranked football players because they all have enough i mean of course, and, yeah. uh, i mean of course not everybody but a big amount and if you compare what uh, what earnings from top guys like messi and uh, cristiano ronaldo what their salaries and you compare them to what our top guys have and then you compare like i don't know top 400 football football player in the world to our top 400 player in the world and the difference not in the money in percentage wise yeah. it's much bigger gap that's why so, what i what i don't like in tennis no i think you put that really well to be honest yeah, I can agree. I mean, I, I understand. I understand people watching them mostly. The challenges we have, like not every challenger have spectators even on finals events. 
but without uh, low rank players, these top guys would not exist. So yeah. I don't think they would get that much attention without 2000 being after them. Yeah, and something you forgot as well, the Challenger Tour is the most exciting tour ever, mate. I love watching yeah. it. We both love <laughs> yeah, watching well, them. I mean, it's just so much excitement in the matches. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you have to be you have to be honest. We we don't get I mean in Bergamo when I played night sessions, tents were pretty full. I mean there was a lot of mm. people watching it. But I don't know, in Istanbul I was playing final was like I don't know maybe four forty people and it yeah. was like the best and in semis it was like five. <laughs> so yeah. it's a different story and uh some changes doesn't have spectators at all so it's yeah we was hoping to go to a few challenges this year but unfortunately all this covid coronavirus stuff is just killed it's just ruined yeah. the whole year of tennis uh yeah that's true that's true it is what we it is hope it, it ends we hope it ends and we can continue playing yeah the main thing is just to keep safe at the moment and just hopefully it all blows over soon yeah, yeah, hopefully not too many more tournaments in the like long long way in the future start getting cancelled. We're hoping. I've heard Australian Open are even talking about cancelling at the moment. That's coming out today. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm hoping that doesn't uh, happen. I'm hoping that one's still on the uh, calendar because yeah. the French Open pushed their one back a week. Apparently, I don't know why they're still playing around with the French Open dates. This is crazy. Uh, because at the beginning it was their decision and uh, then ATP wasn't happy about it that they took yeah. this decision on their own and uh, yeah I think they started to understand that uh, you cannot do it this way and you should uh, communicate and uh, to find a solution together yeah mm. I want to move away from uh, that just because I know that there's so many top players that you've played against in your time I want to just uh, get your take on a few of these top players. Just some that we don't see playing anymore, like David Ferrer, like one of the great Spaniards who to, well, to never win a Grand Slam. But what was it like playing him on court? Because he was just probably one of the fastest players around the court. Like, what was it like playing someone like him? Well, he's... Uh, I'm not sure he... I mean, when I played him, he was the fastest, but... Uh, I always admire him, uh, his work ethic, and uh, he's kind of a person who I would like to be on court, uh, fighting for every point, uh, uh, trying to find a way to win, and uh, and it's difficult opponent to beat. You have to really beat him. He's he not going to give you anything. And uh, yeah, it was a crazy match, and uh, I could have won uh, the first set, but it slipped away from me, uh, from my hands, and... Uh, but I was just, yeah, I continued to play, continued to fight. And actually, I beat him in uh, his game. So it was like kind of kind of surprising situation. And I was really happy about it. I'm still happy about it because I think he won next week. And he was defending champion that week. So it's... Just so it's how good you play, man. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of something to be proud of. That I sure. Yeah, you always have that with time. you. Yeah. And don't, don't forget another uh, player that sometimes gets forgotten about as well that you had the uh, pleasure of playing was Carlos Moyer as well. Yeah, um, yeah, was it, was, like? it was a terrible year for him, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the same <laughs> way it was before, so I'm not kind of 
very proud of that win. I mean, ah, come it's on, great to play against. <laughs> oh, it's great to play against such such a big name, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was not a great match. Yeah. Well, anyway, we were not going to keep you for too much longer. So if we just have what I've got one final question, I would like to ask you anyway, and that's just like right now on tour. Do you have a player who you watch and you think I love watching this guy? He's one of my favorite players on tour. I would say I really like uh, the way uh, Dominic Team plays. Okay. Uh, I've seen him practicing. He practiced a lot. He practiced like crazy, and uh, I mean I understand why he's there because I've seen one time he was uh, doing smashes for. 30 to 40 minutes at the tournament in a row. But like Gosh. 30 minutes just doing like smash. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I it mean, my, does work shoulder, so hard. my shoulder would be done in three minutes, like four max. Now we can. He was doing it like I was, I was actually playing doubles and I was more interested in his practice than my doubles because it was like. <laughs> now we help. We can like see. We finish a set and a half, and he's still practicing smashes. I mean, like, oh my god! I think we can see now why he's uh, so reluctant to uh, give his uh, well, money. Actually, he's worked yeah, so I'm kinda, hard. I'm kind of, I'm kind of agree with him on what he said. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's a bit rude what he said, but uh, it's, at the same time, it's honest. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I haven't changed any like. Like my thinking about him, like for sure, I have an ego. No, yeah, I mean, it's, he, he has a right to think so, and uh, his his opinion on this situation, and uh, he's he's right in some part, and he's not in the other part, and it's, it's his opinion, which is good to have. <laughs> Yeah, that's sweet. No, thank you for that. Honestly, what a brilliant way to end it, I feel, Ben. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting to like to hear like from an inside player. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end it, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not frozen, my screen. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Ilya, for all of the insight into the tennis world. It's been an absolute honor having you on the podcast. I think I speak for me and Jaron. And the fans watching as well. And the fans and the fans watching as well. Yeah, so... Thank, you, thank uh, yeah. you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, to make sure you keep safe and we can't wait to see you back on the court very soon, hopefully. I'm going back on the court tomorrow, so... <laughs> <laughs> we can practice in Slovakia right now so we'll... last thing ah. before this podcast Luxury. he was my second favourite Ukrainian of all time person of all now time. you are my favourite first, okay. first was uh, <laughs> Yarmolenko for West Ham for Yarmolenko for West Ham and now you've taken that spot for sure. I okay, was gonna, okay. I was gonna say good, good to know good to know <laughs> right <laughs> okay man. bye man. take care Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.